You've been trying to get off my show for a while. Hello and welcome to episode number 61 of Unrelenting February 24th, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill and I am coming to you live from just outside of Chirac, which is good because we're like the number one murder city in the United States now. Yes, we got the number one. We're celebrating that. Yeah. What can Austin do? How many murders do you got? None. Uh, we got plenty, man. <laughs> kidding me? We're like the second biggest murder capital city of Texas or something. They're trying to get there. Yeah. New Orleans mm. and Chicago, though, are the ones that have really been trying hard. And it's funny because I think both of those are Democratic controlled places. Those Austin. Yeah, that's true. We can do just as bad. <laughs> well, if you keep trying, if you really put your minds to it. Mm hmm. You can get just as bad as Chirac. Um, so last need- year we had 88. I know it's not nearly enough compared to you guys. No, I mean, we get that in a good weekend. <laughs> but nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. That's uh-huh. always the weirdness of it. And I get it. Any person's life that is taken from them is bad. You know, unless it's a black person killing another black person in Chicago and then shh, don't talk about mm. that. We have better and better gun laws because, you know, the criminals are the ones that respect the law. That's right. They obey all the gun laws. It's Mm -hmm. absolute insanity. Mm. But the big news is around the uh, the Ukraine war. And the U.N., which is really a ballless organization, is that is that a sexist thing to say (laughs) that they're a ballless organization? No, I think that's an accurate thing to say that came out with a resolution. And the most interesting thing about the resolution wasn't the the few, the proud, the six countries that sided with Russia, which, you know, Belarus, I mean, that's pretty much Russia anyway. Mm. And I think it was like Venezuela. I mean, there was a few that you're like, yeah, I get it. But a lot of people are upset that China and India Mm. abstained from voting. Mm. It's like, wow. China, of course, is like, would you guys just get this cleared up because we want to sell more cheap Chinese shit all over the world and you guys are kind of screwing with that right now? Yeah, I think uh, I think China is abstaining well, so is India for the same reason, which is that they do business with both sides quite a bit. And they need that revenue. Mm, Well, yeah. And why take sides, really? Does it ever really help? They don't see a point to killing their economies the way that the U.S. and Europe are doing. Which is really weird. But then again, Joe Biden doesn't seem to know really what he's doing. Can't take care of the problems at home. You have a toxic train derail and it takes three weeks to get anybody from the government there. But Joey can go over to Ukraine. Well, that's more important. What a photo op, though, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're playing this off like Joey got big balls. Mm -hmm. 
He is the first president ever to go into a war zone without U.S. military on the ground. Well, I can tell you, there was a lot of U.S. military in the air. Yeah, first of all, there's a lot of military on the ground, too. <laughs> yes. Which, which also, are... Also, they, they called Russia and asked for permission to visit. Well, it was letting them know that oh, Joey was going to be here? there. Okay, that's not really what happened, but okay. Well, the intriguing thing is the story that's been played out over the last year by a lot of people mm-hmm. is that Vladimir Putin is so off his rocker that he is so enraged that he has gone mm-hmm. over the edge into madness and you can't even calculate what he's going to do. He could do anything. That's right. But we let him know that Joey was coming, so he didn't mm-hmm. accidentally blow Joey out of the sky or the rails or however he was coming in. Mm-hmm. So if you go and tell somebody that the president of the United States is coming, this this is very interesting to me because it says you trust that person bigly. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, hey, we just we just want to let you know if you don't want an international incident. But it's like, well, I thought that's exactly what we've been told for the last year that Putin wanted. So giving them that intel that the president of the United States is entering the country that they're at war with was weird to me. Yeah. Very weird. How else can you explain that except that this is all just a big uh, psyop? Yeah, I'm getting sick of that term. It's been way overused. Well, um, of course, because that's what they do when it, they talk about things. Yes. And so it is what it is. That's the best way to explain it. That's, that's, is that really better than it's a psyop? It really is because what what you see is exactly what it is, which is a a funding of the military industrial complex through taxation. Yeah, we have to get rid of a lot of that old stuff. Uh, yeah, and the justification for that is something that you can't dispute, which is like, oh well, we're helping this country fight big bad Russia, and. um you know, that we need to send uh, weapons. And I think we're over a hundred billion. I think we're 110 billion now that's been spent on Ukraine. Most of that, not all, but most of that has been spent via contracts or U.S. companies. Uh, and the parts that came in cash uh, just seem to disappear very fast. Well, are you tired of hearing that Ukraine is a sovereign nation that was attacked? Because I find that interesting as well. Being that it wasn't yeah. that long ago they were a part of the other country. Yeah. This isn't like we're going after Poland or any of the other European nations. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a little bit different. And the number, and this is something I have heard reported nowhere else. And if anybody else has heard this anywhere else, let me know. But I know agenda yesterday. Mm-hmm. They mentioned where the refugees from Ukraine were going. Mm-hmm. And the country that got the largest number of Ukrainian refugees was Russia. Yep. It's like, wait a minute. So this is just to put this into some kind of perspective. This is like the United States and Canada going to war and Canada coming in and being like, well, we're going to take over Wisconsin because we used to own it or whatever. Michigan, Michigan, even better. And the Michiganiacs in mass decide that they're all going to migrate quickly to Canada. Right. Well, it seems to me that that would be a strong indicator 
yeah. of where the local population. Well, uh, it's because most people in this country don't know that Ukraine has been under occupation since 2014. And the people of Ukraine don't agree with the people that occupied it. And so naturally, if there's a war there, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the safest place you can, which is going to be Russia. Right. It's like our country sucks. So we're going there. Yeah. If, if there was a war prior to 2014, nobody would be blinking or thinking twice that Ukrainians would be moving from Ukraine to Russia to be safe. But somehow in 2014, when there was a coup instigated, uh, that was partly successful. I mean, it was successful enough to take over the capital. It wasn't successful enough to take over the entire country. Um, that somehow everybody in Ukraine became a Nazi. That doesn't make sense. Most people are not Nazis there. Uh, the coup was organized by Nazis and funded by the U.S. And so, yeah, I mean, like any other coup, once it happens, once it's successful to the degree that it takes over the capital, the average person on the street is going to keep going to work, keep going to the grocery store and giving lip service to the new government. Because what do you want to be the guy that stands out and then gets killed for it? No, we already saw that. And again, Americans don't know this. So it's not even a matter of forgetting. It's like nobody gave a shit. But shortly after that happened, uh, there was a protest in Odessa of all places uh, that was an anti-coup movement and protest and uh, the Nazis did what Nazis do best uh, they uh, they managed to uh, push people into a building the protesters essentially gave them no escape route except to go into this building boarded it up and lit it on fire and just burned everybody alive it doesn't you sound like a reasonable yeah, yeah, reaction I mean, Again, I don't remember the name of the the protest, but it was definitely in Odessa. And if you want to look it up, I'm sure you can Google yourself. Uh, Odessa, um, it was a hundred plus people that were burned to death there, and it it happened shortly after the uh, 2014 uh, color revolution that happened there. Yeah, there's so, a lot of things that people don't want to talk about. Everything is better understood in context. And you have to know the history of things to understand the context. Because it's really not a simple thing. It never is. Where, oh, we're going to portray one side as one thing and the other as the other. And it's a clear white and black. It never mm-hmm. is when it comes to war. Then you have the U.S. president showing up on the ground, which I, I want to know if there were... Uh, if that was just really good green screens, if this was a set somewhere else, because it just seemed, and I know that was the other thing discussed on no agenda. And this is why you have to look at everything now, especially in the deep fake world. Was mm-hmm. this even legitimate? Was this happening at the time you're seeing it? You're hearing air raid sirens going on while they're walking. Well, was that true? Did that happen? I mean, who knows? This could have been Joe Biden there two years ago before he was even president walking down the streets with Zelensky. How would we know yep. when that video was from? Or it could all just be a a glorified deep fake because now the deep fakes are getting better and better and better 
and you're seeing a lot of these camera angles from like behind buildings and it, there's some really bizarre kind of stuff but i was very surprised that you would have them just walking down the street i mean it's joe biden won't walk down the street in most cities here in the united states definitely not in chicago no definitely no come here for the race in uh, july of mm-hmm. this year joey and walk down the street and see how things go so it is yeah. a lot of this stuff done in order to push a narrative, in order to get you to feel one way or the other. And it's like, oh, he is just so brave. And it was funny when you then looked at the coverage of the visits presidents have made to dangerous places and Donald Trump walking over the border. Granted, he didn't go miles and miles in, but he walked over the border into North Korea. That was just, that was erased from our history, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, well, that was just the North Koreans tricking the stupid president of the United States. I think right. that's how it's written down. Right. Yeah. This again, you can't believe anything that you see mm-hmm. or hear. And I really do believe this is going to lead to massive amounts of problems. I think it's for the mental well being of the people living in this time. It is not good for their mental health because they're going to be pushed in all sorts of different directions. There was a study of some sort which talked about teenage girls who have body issues because they're on the Internet. And of course, they're going to have body issues because they're on the Internet. When you and I Mm -hmm. were growing up and we're in grade school and high school, well, you only really compared yourself to the people you knew. Now, kids growing up have millions of kids they're seeing on the internet there's yeah. you know and it's like this of course the the pretty girls are rising to the top because that's what more people want to see mm-hmm. you know and this is because of how much internet you consume but also consuming the news i believe is completely unhealthy because a hundred years ago if something didn't happen within like 20 30 miles of your house you probably didn't care it was going on now yeah, people are I mean, worried about everything. Yeah, well, I, I I think there's certain things you cared about, but uh, the I think the the biggest thing is uh, you were not comparing yourself in any means to people that are using technology to be better. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So I, whether it whether it's you know, if I if I compared how I played video games in the eighties to others playing video games in the eighties, I was comparing myself to my my friends, yes. which basically a subgroup of people in my school who did play video games. And you know, it's not a huge, like there wasn't esports. You weren't you weren't comparing your video game play to like professionals making millions of dollars a year on it, right? Um, and it's the same thing, I'm sure for, you know, things outside of video games, like you said, for girls comparing beauty, uh, it would have been comparing it to either something in magazines, um, which would have been girls much older than them, or it would be to people that you would see, you know, regularly. And of course on television, but really even on television, like there were, there were beauty trends, but, um, you know, the, the, these, these were not hard to achieve beauty standards. Cause I remember 
back in, in like, uh, um, would have been the mid eighties, you know, the, the clothes trend for girls was driven by Madonna, which was basically garage sale clothing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, anybody can do that. That wasn't exactly complicated makeup either. Yeah. Your, your eyes tended to be a little, little darker with the shadows, but, uh, for the most part, it was pretty simple. Well, and there were a lot, especially in the news industry, a lot of people, both male and female, that when they made the switch to high def, didn't like it because all of a sudden people were like, whoa, mm. you're getting yeah. you're getting way more deaf than we need with with these right. folks. But there was a song I played it before we went live here on the Mighty No Agenda stream off the latest Steel Panther release. And they're a band that's, you know, a, a poking fun at the 80s hair bands. And they have a lot mm. of, you know, very uh, interesting lyrics that they will go with. And the, I think it was the first song on the latest album is why can't you look like the girl on your Instagram? You know, that's, mm. you know, it's like, that's it. Girls on their Instagram, you see them in real life and you're like, wait a minute. Who are you? Mm. You don't look like you on your Instagram. It's like, yes, because it's all a lie, kids. Mm-hmm. It's either filters. It's either lighting. It is yeah. posing in exactly the right way. There's a lot of tricks that can be used. And you're like, well, why? When you see, uh, you know, back in the day when you had Playboy before they ruined the whole concept. Back when men ran the world. Yes. yes. You know, you would see a playmate in real life and you'd be like, oh, well, she's a solid seven. But yeah. in the magazine, she's a 10. Yeah. It's tricking yeah, your I mean, eye. That That's absolutely correct. There, There is literally. There, there's one 10. Per million. In real life. There's yes, about 300 women that are actual tens in the U S currently. And Gene is looking for all of them. I've met most of them. <laughs> They've restrained most have restraining orders. So it's easy that's to keep right. track of them. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, uh, I think most men, and this is something women don't understand is men are not looking for tens. 10, 10 is something that you want to, make a little recording of in your imagination or for your imagination. I should say you can record it in real life, but you're going to play it back in your imagination. <clears throat> but do you know the level of stress and anticipation that comes with actually dating a 10? Are you kidding? Or, or God forbid marrying a 10. Yeah. That's like constant that. stress. You don't want that shit, man. <laughs> that's not a good place to go. So yeah, you, you want a nice, you know, seven. Seven's about as high as you want to go for everyday contact. You don't want to reach too high. There was somebody that posted, and I don't know what this photo was from on No Agenda Social earlier mm. today. I'm scrolling down, but it, that's it's probably so far down, I'm never going to find it. But it was oh. of the Ukrainian army, but mm-hmm. the main person in the focus was a really hot woman. Well, Ukrainian women are just really hot in general always have been i've dated a few oh i'm sure uh, but this is like if you want to talk about the number one way of marketing this war it's like (laughs) well i mean not really because you're basically saying yes we're gonna throw away our beautiful women which is a bad thing you're like come to ukraine date a soldier yeah date a 
date a dead soldier or a maimed soldier. Yeah, that's not fun. If they're actually real soldiers, that's the question, too. I Because you never know where these photographs well, are coming I have, from. I have seen tons of the girls of the uh, Israeli army photos. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and there is nothing. I will say. Actually hot. <laughs> you take like a seven or an eight. This is just pure producer mode, ladies. Uh-huh. And, and you give them a uh, machine gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like a solid 11 at that in, point in fact there is a photo that was floating around and i i think i may have posted it to know on social if i didn't i will it was on floating around twitter but it was a a um a mugshot photo of an extremely beautiful young lady um you know probably like 20 ish and and the the she was convicted for uh, I think I'm robbery, but then there was a whole bunch of gun related stuff like possession of unlicensed machine guns and, you know, all, all kinds of things that make, you know, if she wasn't going to prison, make a guy go, Ooh, well, that's kind of hot. Yeah. Girl, you would <laughs> never step out on though. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, why would you want to? <laughs> well, why yeah. would you want to come on? Especially the- because of the machine gun part. Yeah. So consequently, uh, there's a there definitely is a way to accessorize yourself that most men not all you know not like california betas but most men would certainly feel is adding to the uh to the kind of so ridiculous but the one through ten number for you uh which is oh by the way can i interrupt the sexist comments to say that there was some feedback about the extreme sexism going on in the beginning of the last episode we did so this seems to be a trend where you keep bringing up topics that just make us look like complete sexist pigs which was the uh topic on the last one that was sexist uh the prime age of women oh is about the same as a cut of beef yes oh is that what you said that was the topic (laughs) no that was the chapter that you had in the uh, episode chapter list I don't do chapters. Who's doing mm. chapters? Somebody. Mm. Somebody's doing them for you. Well, there was a lot of discussion. About, well, no, it, to be fair, there was no talk about what the reality of that was. Everybody just immediately came down and convicted Don Lemon of being a sexist. Right. Even though I could have yet to find even one person that can explain to me how his statement was sexist and bill o'reilly who i normally like did like a whole episode trashing don lemon Mm. and i sent him a letter like you're absolutely wrong here's the exact quote and of course bill says if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. email Mm -hmm. me well you didn't read that email believe it or not i'm like i can't believe it i don't think he uh i think he just did the minimum amount of work possible uh, to get paid welcome to podcasting 101 kids but it's like nobody can explain that all my emails well that's because you only get like one a day less than that See, it's even better. You got the greatest filtering system going on, mm-hmm. but I can't understand how it was sexist and I still don't. And nobody's been able to, I get it. I understand disliking well, Don I Lemon. I can explain to you how it's sexist. I mean, that's easy enough because it was a man saying because it about a, a woman. man talking about women. That's sexism right there. If I were Don Lemon, what I would do at this point when I'm sitting between those two broads on CNN on the morning yeah. show. Yeah. If they go, hey, what do you think about that, Don? If it's not a story about Mm -hmm. a 58-year-old gay black man, I'd Mm -hmm. be like, I can't comment on that. Um, I mean, I think there's more creative ways to come back on that. I think you should have said, well, what do you girls think is the prime of a gay man's 
life. Yes. When do you write? And then put them on the spot, have them answer. Then they giggle about it and go, well, I don't know, Don, you tell us. It's like, oh, okay. Well, then why are you asking me about women? Yes. When do, when do you think anybody is in their prime? You know, that is the question. And it's a, it's a, a multifaceted well, it's, it's, thing. It's whenever they're, you know, most ready for consumption, I guess. It is a few different things that they seem to look at. And that is, well, when are you in your physical prime? Mm-hmm. When are you in your mental prime? Mm-hmm. And I think everybody understands that once you hit a certain age, you're on the downward slide. Things don't continue yeah. to get better. And that's why you always see, you know, whether, you know, when you've got 24. your life expectancy, you know, well, most people aren't living over to over a hundred at this point. Mm-hmm. I think most people, I think the average age of dying is probably what? 80, 70. Oh, it's less than that. You know, somewhere in that range in the seventies. So when you hit 51 years old, like Nikki Haley is, you're closer to the end than you are the beginning, which pretty much logically would say you're most likely past your prime ages. And again, this doesn't uh, mean think, you can't do the job. Me- you, Megan Kelly use logic to explain this shit, dude. You don't need logic. <laughs> logic. I like logic, though. It's it's a definition. There's there's no logic to use here. the The prime is defined as a uh, a constant, and that constant is different for men and women because different things historically have been desirable of men and women. For women, your prime cannot be past your childbearing age because that is the main distinctive attribute of a woman well is even you can have children even if regardless we go, of what you look like right well even if we go and, and, say, and, and regardless of how smart you may or may not be it is when you no longer can have children you're just a little bit closer to being a man Gene at SirGene.com. Well, there's no other way to talk about this topic, right? I mean, it's like, look, anyone that's going to take offense, they're probably not listening to this show anyway because uh, of last episode. Yeah, because it was all many more before that. Even if you separate this, even if you only go to mental as far as what you're looking at, forget physical, forget happy, forget everything else and go only their mental acuity. 35. Right. You are not in your prime. No, when you're hitting your fifties, oh, we're waste beyond our primes. That's for sure. And you can't just ignore that because you're like, oh, that's sexist. And Megan Kelly did the same thing that uh, Patricia Heaton did, although Megan Kelly did it on her show instead of on Twitter, which was went down a list like, oh, she has a show. Yeah. Megan Kelly. Who the hell would watch her? I don't know. Adam Jesus. Curry went on the show. So, I mean, there you go. He was on. Oh, Megan's so it's show. that kind of. So it's a YouTube show. Got it. <laughs> No, it's uh, I think serious. I think it's a serious oh, radio worse. show that is that's also worse. Has the video portion yeah. that's on wherever. I mean, Adam Curry will go on anybody's show. Oh, he went on your show, so you're absolutely that's right. right. <laughs> You've finally proven he has hit his bottom. Poor Adam Curry. So you know, support He's, him. He, I mean, if you can't, if this wasn't a cry for help, I don't know what was going on. My show is a cry for help. Yes, that's exactly. pretty sure. I mean, it is for me. I'm like, please support your True. podcasters. I know you've been trying to get off my show for a while. <laughs> Megan Kelly was <laughs> doing the same thing in. Oh, 
Nancy Pelosi started her political career at this age. I guess she was past uh, her prime. This person. Oh, I would started- love to hear what she said about that because she started that at eighteen. I'm telling when you, she when she banged John Kennedy. There you go. I, I have photos. You whoa, yeah. Now that is what you should be publishing on uh, No Agenda Social. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Some of us want to live a little longer. You want to avoid those hot tubs. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know, the concept of all these women. Probably, I think she mentioned Margaret Thatcher, if I'm remembering correctly. But she went down the list, and it's like, again, Don Lemon did not just come out and say, ah, Nikki Haley's past her prime. Mm-hmm. It was in relation to the fact that Nikki Haley was talking about other people being past their prime. And he said, be careful using terminology that might come back to bite you. Was yeah, the, exactly. Was basically what his comment was. So. The fact that so many people covered it and it's still being talked about, it's like, and the fact that CNN well, but, sent him to like re-education training. Yeah, whatever. It's he, it's nice to see them getting their own just results. So yeah. I'm I'm happy about that part. Well, of CNN's it. definitely pushing in well, let's a more have a conservative discussion direction. about what is the appropriate age for a politician, a senior level politician like the president, um, regardless of sex. Like, yes. Which is what there, this should have gone into, should have been exactly I think that. There is a component of uh, physical health that has to go into that. You don't want your president having physical issues. Like Joe Biden falling up the stairs of the plane yeah, over. Like, uh, or sitting over. in a wheelchair for most of their term. That's not a good thing. We don't you know, even that. that with FDR, I don't mind that. If he is mentally competent. He's one of the worst presidents we've ever had. Yeah, but he knew what he was doing. Sadly. No, he didn't. That's why he's one of the worst presidents. I don't know. Had. I think he did. I think he knew what he was doing. Woodrow Wilson was even worse, and he wasn't in a wheelchair. So he was not worse. Not at all. I think so. No, no. That's just what history books have taught you, but that's incorrect. Well, everybody uh, read the Sir Gene history book. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's actually uh, really easy. All you have to do is actually just read newspapers of that local time. Uh, and then you get a sense for what people actually thought, not what the next uh, the next group in power decided to re- write history at. The news media lies. So there's some small physical component, probably not more than 10%, I would say. Yeah, uh, there, is an, there is an intellectual component. A big one. Um, which, you know, people like George Bush were made fun of for not having a whole lot of. Well, because he spoke in that Texas kind of way, I think George Bush was actually smarter than most people gave him credit for. But he, he came definitely off. sounded dumber yes. than he was. But I don't know that he was particularly smart. Either. Oh, I don't think he was a genius in any way, shape or form. Yeah, Biden's kind of giving them a run for his money big time, which is sad. Um, and at a much. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then you also have. And, and by the way, I think mental. Uh, prime is is somewhere between 30 and 35 that's when you're you can have fast decision making abilities of youth combined with a certain degree of wisdom gained through age except you don't have a ton of wisdom yet at 35 no you're not you're not peaking out on wisdom so if you want to look at wisdom as the biggest component of qualification of a president then I think you would be looking at early 50s. Right, because you're saying we're adding points for having wisdom. So even though yeah. your mental acuity you may be slowing down a little bit, the wisdom yeah. is more important up to a certain age. Up to a certain age at which the the physical and mental acuity is going down sort of negate 
the increase in wisdom between fifth, like let's say between 55 and 65, I think you have a bigger decrease in uh, physical and mental with a small increase in wisdom. And by small, I mean, comparatively speaking. So you're, you're basically adding uh, an additional 20% of your life during that decade. Right. You're dropping quicker with your acuity than you are gaining wisdom. Yeah. So I would say then you, if you're going to do it just based on the, the uh, characteristics we just described, you're kind of looking at somebody being a president between their late forties and late fifties. Like that's the band that ideally you want to find somebody in. Um, not somebody much younger or younger at all for that matter. Uh, nor somebody that's much older than that. And they're always going to be outliers, which I think needs to be understood. Yeah. And this is where so I think how old Nikki, is Ron DeSantis right now, Ron DeSantis, just guessing it would be in his early fifties. So he is, looks like he's in his late forties. See close early fifties, yeah. late forties, born in 78. Okay. So eight years younger than I am. Yeah. So that makes him just slightly too young to be president given our criteria. But you know, in two years, he'll be right in that mode. Exactly. In two years, he'll be at the, the, the earliest uh, bit of the ideal range. Whereas Trump will be 108. <laughs> Seems like it, but he's still a vibrant guy at that age Uh, which i think this is where nikki haley really shoved her foot into her mouth by saying she wanted to go in and make a law that said any politician over 75 has to take a mental acuity test why put an age on this yeah i would i would modify that i would say every politician should take the mental test yes but it but it can't disqualify you is the thing the only thing that that test can do and it should be done by candidates not winners of the race right is to provide an additional data point to the electorate yeah and if they want to elect a brain dead mush mouth moron like the guys in in uh, pennsylvania seem to like to do then they have that right to do it yeah, I mean, you can have somebody representing you that is a complete moron. Um, if that's who you vote for, you get what you deserve. But it shouldn't be a surprise at post-election. Right. Well, now he took a mental acuity test and he's got the uh, functioning skills of a third grader. Yay. Yeah. yeah. No, so I think that's if, absolutely right. I So and then I I personally and I think this is where probably more people would disagree with me. I would just say 65. I I don't want to have anybody actually running for office who is over 65. Again, I think there are outliers, including Donald Trump running the last time coming in after a career. And he's still mentally competent. He knows what he's doing. I would not put an age on it. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's why I said most people would disagree with me for sure. But I, I think 65 would be appropriate. Like, let's put it this way. I I have a very hard time 
envisioning people that are over 65 that I've ever known. Uh, and remember I'm over hundred myself that, uh, that I can think of that would be better presidents than that same person in their fifties or sixties. I would agree with that. Like a Trump in his fifties would have done so much more than a Trump in his seventies did. And the interesting thing about the whole Don Lemon thing with Nikki Haley mm-hmm. is the conversation we're having right now is what should have been exploded in the United States talking about those comments, not what was taken away, which was, ah, he's a, he's a sexist. I mean, that yeah. was, that was, didn't really help anybody. I think this is a valid topic for people to be discussing. What, what and did say, John call him on No Agenda? He called him a uh, a woman hating gay man or something. Maybe, yeah. Which I mean, some is some term like that. Gay guys aren't really interested in women. There's that. I mean, some are, just not sexually. Some of them like to hang out with women. I think that's a stereotype, but I don't think that's a completely accurate stereotype. But it is an interesting point of view of, well, what is past their prime? I mean, Mickey Haley's like the one that brought it lesbians. up. Well, I'm sure you do. And I'm mm-hmm. sure they love hanging out with you. I get along great with lesbians, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you dress the same. We, well, we dress the same and, and we have the same points of view on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that should be your meetup for your good old boys <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I should do a lesbian meetup. Yes. Exactly. That would, be, that would be hilarious. Yes. Hey, we just crossed over 2,500 uh, downloads on that show. Nice. That, that's, uh, that's just a milestone. For, that's combined with what? 2,500 shows. So one person for each show. Well, that's 16 shows. The math is very hard to, to figure out. Uh, but this know. is the conversation that I think the world should have been having. Mm-hmm. But nobody is. And that's basically the United States in a nutshell right now is that things are just so divided Mm -hmm. that we can't have a rational conversation about anything. And we just did what we did. But the world as a, in the country as a uh, generality, Mm -hmm. not. And I think more important than age would be term limits when it comes to people serving in the Senate and house. Yeah, everywhere. Term limits everywhere. I've been a big advocate of that. I literally wrote a paper on that in high school saying, talking about how having term limits would have solved some of the problems we were experiencing at the time. And uh, my God, I've lived my whole life now and, and not seen term limits implemented. Well, because career politicians never lead to anything good. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is not public service. If it's your whole life and you're getting more money than the average citizen. Now, I would I would totally forego the term limit talk and say stay in as long as you want if you only got paid for your first two terms and you did the rest on your own dime. No, you you can't do that because then you're literally just giving away the control of that person to the corporations that are providing their income. Then you make the income for doing the job half that of the average citizen or that of the average citizen. Well, that's kind of where it's been. No, it's politicians don't become millionaires through their pay. They become millionaires through the exemptions from laws that they have for themselves. It's a little bit of both. They are certainly not making 30,000 a year. It's nobody's making 35. 
Oh no, there are. There are plenty no, of people making McDonald's that. pays forty thousand. So well, I now, think shit on that. I mean, we're yeah. going back like a year or two before this. Uh, we want fifteen dollar a minimum wage. But it's like, um, yeah, you're making way too much in, in in Congress, and it's in perpetuity, meaning you're constantly yeah. getting a paycheck even once the job is done. Which is like, what the mm-hmm. hell? How does that even make sense? Uh, House of Representatives, hundred and seventy four thousand, and that was after a raise they just gave themselves. Now, once you leave that post, how long do you still get paid? Because there's like, is it senators? There are some of these that are in perpetuity, and even after you leave, you're getting paid for the rest of your life because you served which i don't know i mean the president i get because once you've been president you really can't do a normal job after that although Mm -hmm. with that said you can make millions just going out and talking at colleges yeah or you can you can be a uh, developer or a podcaster build build casinos and things barack obama is a podcaster him and bruce is a podcaster him and springsteen put out a show oh really yeah that's too bad about springsteen (laughs) It's like, what are you guys thinking? I don't know. I, I haven't even listened to that yet because yeah. it I just seems very weird to me that I this don't know, man, I, I think 174,000 is, is about reasonable for that job. Cause if that, like that level of person would be a C level executive in the company, but see, but that's the point. They shouldn't be getting that kind of pay for it. If it's really public service, well, well, then who, it should who, be a lot who, less than that. Who says it has to be public service? Well, that would make more sense because otherwise it's not public <clears throat> service and the politicians are not then representing necessarily the people that have elected them. They are in simply in trying to enrich themselves, which everybody will try to is, do. Just fixes everything. I mean, that's the bottom. Oh, term limits fix a lot. Yes. Yeah. Because you're, <clears throat> you're ensuring that. No special interests spend too much money on any one person because they're only going to be in for two terms. So there's no big incentive to spend tons of money getting a person into office who's going to be gone in two terms anyway. Well, see, the uh, interesting thing becomes you then you change the political landscape mm-hmm. in a way that you would have your ramp, meaning it, you wouldn't just go in like Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, starting as a senator for the uh, state of Illinois, you know, then Which to president, you would we have, all know how you get elected in Illinois. Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the right people like Bill Ayers, mm-hmm. you get involved with the uh, commies and you, you get pushed right to the top. Mm-hmm. But if you could only have a certain amount of years, if you had a certain amount of term limits, that would be per each step meaning that you wouldn't go right to senator you would start out you know as mayor and then governor and then state senator or That's then how it used to work i remember right then you would go into the house of representatives and then you would move up to the senate and then if you were mm-hmm. really good you'd move up from the senate and you could be president but that's how this would go which i think would actually be better because then the politicians would have to do the work at every level Mm-hmm. And maybe have a better understanding that by the time you actually got to the Senate of the United States, you would have enough experience from running a town or a state that you would have that experience to fall back on when you're deciding what would work. Yeah, I'm less concerned about level. the experience than you are, but I'm I'm more concerned about the fact that a lot of these people like Biden, like Nancy Pelosi, 
have literally spent 50 years yeah, sitting on the same chair. Yeah. Uh, maybe 40, but a damn long time. Somebody and, get them a new chair already, will you? Yeah, right. And it, it's it's a um, it is absolutely not representative of the people. You can argue that well, they keep getting elected, therefore people want them. No, no, because remember, the way that we have elections in the U.S. is kind of fucked as well by just having two parties that you essentially ensure that people are reelected forever. By placing a mediocre candidate, but facing against an ideological enemy. And that's true for both sides at all times. And so consequently, you have no choice as to who actually represents you because the person representing you, you know, everybody votes, votes for the, the least bad option in the U S with just two candidates of opposite parties. Well, I think it's even so it's worse. Like, well, than I don't that. really like this guy, but I'll vote for him versus the other guy. Cause you know, the other guy is a Nazi. Well, I think it's worse than that, which is once somebody gets into office, people have a little more knowledge of them and they don't pay close enough attention, but they know mm-hmm. the name they've seen them on the TV. Yeah. And they're the ones they vote for because it's like, well, I don't know this new guy. I don't know this person. That's why incumbents win so much more mm-hmm. than challengers. It's because, well, we know this guy and he hasn't nuked us yet. And our, you know, the economy isn't that bad. So let, the other guy could be worse. That is where you really need the term well, limits the, because then you force the churn. You force somebody yeah, new you gotta, coming you in. You got to force it. Exactly. And, and the problem is that we have really two sets of elections. We have the primaries and we have the actual elections and the primaries going up against somebody in your own party. So their stands are going to be at least somewhat similar with maybe some minor differences who has already been in office. Just the default for most people is like, well, why would you want to take somebody that won an election against the bad guys last time out of office? That makes no sense. So there's a huge advantage in the primaries for the incumbent. A lot of times they're running unopposed. People don't run against incumbents because they realize that their odds of winning against the, somebody who's sitting right now in that office are very, very slim. And so you have to really have fucked things up politically to get a challenge from your own party uh, as an incumbent. Well, and the but- challenges are detrimental more than they are beneficial, meaning this is what the other side's going to use against your candidate is what your other party candidates used in the primaries. You know, this is the intriguing part about this whole system is that the primaries are overall so screwed up that there should just be a way for the, you know, the local government to figure out who they're going to put up rather than, well, let's vote on that too, because it doesn't make sense. We saw some of that and we're going to see this again. I think this year, if this ends up being, the Ronnie and Donnie showdown. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a bloody primary. And I don't think that is helpful to the Republican party. When I think it's, I I totally disagree. I think it's exactly what's needed because the Republican party is just a mess right now. Well, so is the democratic party. Uh, They're more together than the Republicans are. Yeah, I, I would, I would say there's a debate that can be had about that, but I'm just not interested in doing it. Mm hmm. Yeah, but I think that right now, uh, I've said this, I think, 
a week after the results of the last election came in. Uh, oh, you mean when, the, the ones that were totally forged? Uh, well, yeah, regardless of what they were, I said it about a week later. I said, if Trump runs again, if he is the candidate on the ballot, then we will have another Democratic president in office. Trump cannot win. It's not going to happen. And so I know a lot of people really want Trump to run because they think he deserves it. But thinking that he deserves it isn't going to make it real. And if you think that the Democrats are going to be pushing with any less tools and efforts, that's the way I'll describe it, than the last election against Trump, then you're smoking the wrong kind of weed because uh, it's absolutely going to happen. And the best gift you can give the Democrats right now is to have Trump run as the candidate in the next election because that, that will mobilize their base much more so than what they would have to do against literally any other candidate. You'd have to sell people on why that's such a bad vote on, on just how much better, you know, a guy like DeSantis uh, or how much worse DeSantis is going to be than whoever the Democrats run, which could be Biden for all we know. Um, And that's a hard, hard sell. Because especially if there's a big age difference and we know that there's a preference in younger people to like they're tired of grandparents running things. Right. Oh, and yeah. DeSantis would be a, a large step down in age for that. And that's a huge benefit to it where you might get some people not voting for Biden versus DeSantis simply because they're tired of the grandparents on the Democrat side. Um, whereas if you run Trump, it's literally a rehash of that last election saying, oh, my God, we barely held on and kept this evil Nazi fascist out of office who's going to go and kill all the trans people. He's going to personally kill all women who want abortions. He personally. hates women. We have proof of this from lots of videos. He hates blacks. He hates minorities. He wants to take all the Mexicans that crossed over into the border during Biden's term. And then uh, put them into a concentration camp. This is going to be what you're going to see every single day in the news. None of and it this true. is going to be sufficient to mobilize the Democrats to do, quote, whatever is necessary, unquote, to ensure that he does not have another term. So if the Republicans want to give away the next elections, by all means, they they can do that. There is a way to do that. And the way is by running Trump. And I don't give a shit what people think that he deserves it. Yeah, maybe he does. But guess what? That's going to fuck things up for the country. Or people that think, well, he's clearly going to win. He has the most votes. Yeah. How'd that go over last time? Well, yeah. If you're Donald Trump, I think you look at what has happened in the economy and that makes you believe that you can win. And maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Depending on how much of uh the voting is legit and not, but that really isn't the point. I agree that people want, especially after seeing Biden for two years, you definitely want younger and vibrant because the guy can mm-hmm. barely speak. And I don't know how far back we have to go before the Biden and Trump fight. I don't know how far back we have to go if it even has ever been this bad. And I'm sure it has. 
in American history. I don't think most people that voted for Joe Biden voted for Joe Biden. They voted against Donald Trump. And that is a different concept. Yep. Yep. And And that's my point is I think that a percentage, not all, but a percentage of the people that voted against Trump would not vote against DeSantis. They'll either not vote at all, which is more common, or potentially they'll just vote for the younger candidate, even if it's the wrong party. Now, I think that's a much slimmer chance, but getting people to not vote because they don't think that there's a good choice is very realistic. And, uh, and in that scenario, most of the votes that would be no longer coming in would be for the uh, Democratic candidate. Well, I think the best thing Donald Trump can do is keep himself in the talk, in the minds, in people believing he's going to run well, until the last possible minute. I mean, that's the thing. He's already declared. And he's got to stay in this. For, I mean, and this could all just be a head fake, too. You know, this could be then he pulls out at the last minute. Yeah, no. Because you would, if you could keep the bullet, well, I would agree. No, I'm because of his His ego. ego, I would agree. (laughs) But now if we were playing puppet master and we could control what happens, it would be, okay, here's what you got to do. Donald Trump's got to go out there. He's got to be Donald Trump. He's got to do the Donald Trump thing. Ron DeSantis has to quietly be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is if, if somebody was able to control and maneuver, Trump and all the politicians in that. Yes, your your scenario is absolutely right, which is we use Trump to fake out the Democrats thinking he's running. We have all the negative crap coming in against him. Uh, in fact, in the primaries, we'll, we'll see the news media uh, dumping on Trump, trying to convince people how much better DeSantis is because they hate Trump. And then we use that to sort of keep the blow of news media away from DeSantis until post uh, post primaries. So just for the last few months of the elections, right. Getting him to get a much better chance at uh, getting in there. Um, But I don't think that's reality. I think reality is Trump wants back in. He didn't appreciate the fact that he uh, got forced out of office. He was already redecorating the furniture. He didn't want to, have to stop that well i think we all realize if donald trump right now said he wasn't running mm -hmm. the news media would be on ron DeSantis, and he would be the new trump they're already pushing that way yeah 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 no i i totally agree with that i just don't think that anybody and certainly not trump is going to be using this to create a shield for DeSantis right now i think this is very genuinely Trump running for real. Here's an interesting scenario for you brought to us by the troll room and digi guru. Mm. What if it was Trump versus Hillary again, that could actually let Trump win. I think, I think if it is Hillary on the democratic side, people I think maybe then we, just, the elections would be decided by about a thousand people because most people just would not vote period. <laughs> most like there's be no like, choice here. There's no good choice right. at all. Why ever. are you doing this to us? What are you yeah. thinking? I would say that might just be the kickoff of the revolution at that point. Yes. I say make them make them serve together and just switch off president, vice president every year. Here's your four years, Hillary and Trump. You got to mean, we we had that. Uh, We can't do it again. But we had that when uh, uh, Jefferson was Adams vice president. And I think that's an interesting concept. 
it did that. not work. Everybody hated it. And we actually passed a law saying you can't do that. Well, because the other thing is that the vice president just has to is whack undermining the, president. the president the entire time because uh-huh. they're next in line. And so their way to get in is to make sure that the president failed. Then be like 25th Amendment. OK, come on, let's mm-hmm. use that. Yeah. So I get so, it. I mean, if we want to get rid of the 19th Amendment, then if we want to start getting rid of amendments, there's a way to start throwing down that path. We want to go right to communism 101. Let's get rid of the whole what? constitution, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, there oh, there is talk of that. I've heard from the Democrat side for sure that there's there's definitely a movement within the uh, Gen Zers that well, the constitution is what's keeping the United States down and needs to be gotten rid of. Uh-huh. And because if it wasn't for the constitution, then all these progressive ideas which they don't realize are 200 years old, like uh, socialism would be able to, you know, make the, the country much better than it is. We can, and we can incorporate into the constitutionality things like trans rights. You know, instead of everybody gets treated the same, what is wrong with that as a law? No, because you shouldn't be treating people that are different the same. You should be treating them better. Nope. That doesn't work. But the kiddies don't learn that's that. that's why you were a Nazi. Uh-huh, until their brains aren't fully mush. And that is, seems to be happening later and later now that we have mm-hmm. social media, all these devices. Again, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Just like the teenage girls have a unhealthy body image. Mm-hmm. It's also very easy to find people with all sorts of crazy ideas like your own. And you didn't have that before the Internet. Oh, so I had a rant on uh, on the live stream two days ago, which was pretty good, I think. Uh, if people watched uh, Griftcast, they would have seen it. But and why would but, they really? So let me. Well, because there's a lot of people uh, watching that live. Um, I think it were a thousand people, but uh, on that show, I was doing my best impression of Jerry Springer. And we had two <laughs> guests on where uh, they hated each other. Like they were literally, you know, at war with each other, if you will. You know, I can see you as a Jerry Springer. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. I genie, genie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so these two women, uh, you know, they, the, I, I guess one was making videos, making fun of the other one. And the other one was, um, she was uh, getting videos removed from the first one because, you know, they were, they were her material. So these are two women with way her. too much time on their hands. Well, I mean, you could argue that I could, I could see that argument for sure. But either way, they're both doing stuff on YouTube. Um, but so there's a lot of emotional conversation, arguments, yelling, screaming, crying, going on. And uh, then we brought in two people from the audience, but one that supported each of the women, give them a chance to kind of make their points. And one of the guys that came up there um, started talking about something and the, the woman that was on the opposite side of him or the one that he was against or whatever uh, said something super innocuous, I thought, but something like, um, I can't remember the word, but something essentially calling him an idiot. Right. And then the guy chimes back 
or maybe the other woman said it was like, oh, I can't make, I can't believe you're making fun of somebody who's autistic. And like, none of us were told this guy's autistic. He's just an idiot. And, uh, and then, you know, like the typical reaction that people have is like to, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know you were autistic. Right. And, and I was having none of that. I was like, no, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to use your handicap to gain sympathy. That's not how this works. Right. You're, you're either correct or you're not correct. If you're not capable of making a good argument, then what are you doing here? Right. If your handicap precludes you from engaging in an intellectual conversation, get off the stage. And oh my God, then I was, oh, can't believe you just said that. It's like, oh, you're, you're making fun of handicapped people. Like, I'm not no. making fun of handicapped people. I'm saying that handicapped people who have a handicap, a mental handicap that precludes them from being able to engage in what they're attempting to engage in does not mean that everybody else gets to dumb down their level of, of discourse to the level of this autistic person. So is it anti-handicap if I won't hire a blind person to drive my race car? Absolutely. I mean, that's really what you're like. You, you are not eligible to participate in this this event. I, I just don't care. I just don't give a shit. I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm living in a crazy, uh, bizarre world here. Uh, I'm living in a, in a world, uh, of, uh, uh, God damn. What was that short story about the, uh, Bergerac? Yeah. Some, the, not certain Bergerac. Was, Harrison, uh, Harrison Bergerac. Yes. That story where literally, Oh, you're, you're uh, not handicapped enough. Therefore you need to be, uh, artificially handicapped in order for everybody to be on the same level playing field. Right. Fuck everybody you. gets a trophy. Everybody's the same. Yeah. So I really, oh man, I, I dug into this dude and he shut up for the rest of the damn conversation for the most part. Cause I'm like, no, you don't get to use your handicap. I don't care. I don't give a shit what your handicap is. You do not get to bring that up and use it as some kind of a, a, a bludgeon against everybody else who doesn't yes. have your handicap. Yeah. You don't, you cannot use that as a get no. out of criticism free card. Exactly. Exactly. So that was, that was a, a fun moment. And, and then last night there was a whole group, another podcast that literally watched that episode, the whole thing, the Wait, whole so this two is and a half you're hours. More content is you do mm. really long shows and then oh, you bring dude. other people on to watch the other really Absolutely. long show you did previously. Absolutely. It worked. It's working great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gaining like 30 people a day on Twitter. Those poor people as a result of it. So anyway, Masochist, it, it was, no doubt. it was kind of fun watching. It's kind of fun watching that episode because I was, you know, I was in the chat while they're talking about the, the episode that we're watching and, and I was like uh, chiming in every now and then, but yeah, people really liked it. And uh, they were, they were like, yeah, Gene was great in this thing. He did, did a great. Uh, okay. So these were the Russian theory. bots that you paid to come in and, uh, and give you good credit scores. No, these were totally not right. There's some Australians there. There's, I think some British dude and there's a bunch of Americans, obviously they're all bots. Well, I mean, they all have, you know, accounts and they're actually actual human beings, but for the sake of politics, I suppose they'd be labeled bots because they disagree with mainstream narrative. Well, it's easy to trigger people and it's easy to, uh, it's easy to see how we got 
where we are because mm-hmm. of those kind of things. Like, oh, no, no, you can't. You can't say that about the autistic guy. It's like, well, no, I can. And mm-hmm. I'm not being mean about it. I'm just saying the reality of the situation. And yeah. people get so sensitive and they Dude, don't if you're understand. you're an autistic guy and you can play the piano like by hearing a song once, that's what you ought to be doing. Yeah. Everybody's got a skill. Everybody's got a talent. I mean, I believe that, that no matter what your lot in life is, you know, any handicap that you may have, everybody's yeah. got a talent. Everybody can do something well. I, I will say that it, it is uh, it is fun watching these videos, which there seems to be more of now, which is good of of some feminist doing a snarky comment about a man and the man in each of these cases his first response back is like did you just assume my gender <laughs> yes how dare you I, I i really hope that all men start using that as a response to anything that is anti-male uh that is a comment because they don't know what to do. They have no response for it because they're like, on one hand, they don't want to apologize because they hate you. Right. On the other hand, they don't want to be perceived as not being gender well, sensitive. Right. And they're like, uh, uh, Oh, um, okay. So then, so you're, you're a woman then <laughs> like they, they get lost. Their whole <laughs> argument just melts away because they're, they don't understand what to say because you should treat everybody the same and not base it upon any external factor. That's why. But the weak cannot do that. No, that's true because you're always looking for a reason. Yeah. Place them on pedestals. Right. Where we're looking for laws that carve out things for certain groups, yeah, which is the worst us, possible. Yeah. Our groups. Damn it. Yes. Is the worst which is ironically thing. the thing that they're blaming the patriarchy on doing. Right. Is, oh, men created all these laws that make it better for men. Right. So we really? have to. Name one. Uh-huh. Well, they never can. That we is sent the all the women to the military to go dive in our wars, apparently. Yeah. Well, then, no, mm-hmm. we, no we don't want women to be uh, drafted. No. It's the mm-hmm. same thing with the Don Lemon thing. It's like, show me what he said, how it was sexist. And nobody has an answer for that, even though every freaking media outlet, it doesn't matter left or right. John Lemon's sexist comments about Nikki Haley. They you all know, say this it. is I, I will say that I think this is a change in attitude over the decades because I'm thinking back to a comment that Don Lemon would have made as an openly gay man 20 years ago. So 20 years ago would have been what, like 2003. Exactly. Now we can go back even further, but let's just say 2003. In 2003, there were certainly openly gay men's men's men were men, yes, many men's. Many men's having their men's uh, now. I, I, I'm going to learn the English at one of these names and times. Anyway, these uh, opening gay men that would have been sitting at a news desk in 2003 had one said essentially what Lemon said that, well, you had to be careful talking about her prime when she's in her 50s. You know what the response would have been of the co hosts? Go, girl. <laughs> Oh, you silly gay man. Yeah, we can't say anything mean. Well, this is showing you how that far it's come. would have been the response. Yes. And that's my point is that the, just being a man, just being, well, uh, being okay. So Any other protections other you may have had from being gay gone. Yeah. Gay and black. Cause he is one of those too. 
man trumps gay man trumps black so man definitely trumps gay and black no women women trump gay and women trump black in this context i see you can't make fun of a woman had he said something about a man in his 50s with that comment oh nobody would have even blinked no no it's the fact that a not giving a shit if he's gay or black a man said something bad about a woman and that makes zero sense yeah but but he had a very easy fix to that and he should have said are you assuming my gender yes right and that would have stopped both of those women in their tracks how can i be sexist because i identify yeah (laughs) i am now a woman don lemon yes a black gay woman now Now that trumps most things that trumps you two white bitches (laughs) sitting here next to me yes that would have been exactly and, and a trans the way to go gay, about black, it. white, <laughs> black. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is where we're. This is the rabbit hole we're going down, though. Yeah. Well, and and again, this is the the sort of what are you devoracking your microphone? Yeah, I was just I was just leaning back in my chaise lounge. I had to adjust the mic. <laughs> uh, and which I actually am, but uh, wow, yeah, because it's it's the best way to do a podcast. I don't I don't want why more people haven't realized this. You're like when you this is why you go audio only. You could just lay yeah, in bed. I just didn't feel like uh setting up the green screen today. It's like, yeah, let's just do audio only. You're eating today. grapes and uh, sipping Chardonnay. Not sipping Chardonnay, I'm not drinking, but uh Oh, that's true. It is no drink 2023. It's well, it's no drink until I decide to drink 2023. I'm drinking some electrolytes. But I was, you know, I was gone last week or this week uh, up in uh, Fort Worth. How is that a, compared a to Austin? business trip up to Fort Worth. I haven't been in Fort Worth in a while, in a few years. Because uh, I usually just go to the Dallas side of the Metroplex there. Well, as George Strait once opined in song, does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? Uh, not often, but I suppose occasionally. There is a very distinct difference between fort worth and dallas well and austin what is the main difference oh, between yeah, the three of sure. these well austin is a brand new city where damn near every building was built in the last 10 years dallas is a completely flat city with lots of tall buildings but they're purely office space that nobody actually lives in downtown dallas i know i'm generalizing there's probably a couple of buildings but it's not much Downtown Dallas shuts down at about 11 p.m. completely. Like, they, no bars, no anything that's open anymore. Uh, it's, it's a place people drive to for business and then go home to the burbs at night. Fort Worth is a lot more typical of, I think, other Midwestern cities where it's a mixed-use city. So you have storefronts on the lower level with uh, condos and apartments above. Uh, you have much older buildings. You have a lot of warehouse buildings, like brick buildings that have been converted from warehouse space to mixed use space. Um, there used to be a lot more actual industrial in Fort Worth, but I think most of it is gone at this point. But it was, it was a, uh, um, it was interesting. I mean, it, it's a, the city reminds me more of Minneapolis than any other city in Texas interesting mm-hmm. so it's and more have you, ever, you ever been in minneapolis i don't remember it's been a while i mean the last time i was there the uh 
the Indian casino that's there was still small. I know they've totally rebuilt oh, Mystic Lake. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now it's huge. I hear. Oh, it is ginormous. Yeah. It used to be a little six bingo back in the day and then it became Mystic Lake Casino. Uh, and I used to go there a lot because that was really close to where I lived. Um, I mean, it was close to really where I lived in the 90s, but then even closer after I bought a house next to the casino. So, <laughs> See, that's way uh, <laughs> it was very convenient. They had a shuttle bus bring me. Did back I ever tell forth. you I played poker for a year for a living? You may have. Yeah. But that would explain yeah. the. Uh, wanting to live next to a casino the last time i was up that way they had the best gun range man the uh the twins were still playing inside so it's been a while yeah the twinkies mm-hmm. yeah the beautiful uh, but Metrodome. either way even back then like if you were, drove through downtown minneapolis you kind of get a sense of it's mixed use it's got a combination of old buildings brick buildings stone buildings as well as plenty of glass towers uh, that's more of the feel of Fort Worth. Not as tall building. I think the tall buildings are probably like, I don't know, 35 stories. Maybe they're not. I think Austin is actually taller than Fort Worth. Um, but Austin is, you know, that's San Francisco East. So it, it, it definitely has a different feel to it. And you enjoyed uh, your visit to Fort Worth? Yeah, it was pretty good. Didn't do a whole lot. Just, but. You know, you find the best steakhouse in, in, in town meetings did go to a few nice restaurants. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't do a steakhouse though. It was just, uh, well, I guess one of them was a steakhouse technically. I didn't. Yeah, I had a steak. Okay. So fine. Yes. <laughs> went to a steakhouse. Forgot about that. I mean, you have to eat meat when you're in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah. And Fort Worth is also known for its, uh, cattle industry. Uh, stockyards because uh, that's where like all that cattle that goes to Chicago for slaughter. That's where it starts is Fort Worth. It's got to start somewhere before or it, it hits used the, to, I should say. I mean, yeah. these days it doesn't, but back in the day when they drove the cattle, meaning like with cowboys. Yeah, baby, watch some rawhide. You'll see your, uh, yeah. You know, so the cattle drive was literally, uh, it started in Fort Worth, which Fort Worth is a lot older than Dallas. It was a, it was a city way back when Dallas is a much younger city. Um, and, uh, they would drive the cattle all the way while the cattle is, you know, grazing on the, the prairie grass from Texas up through Oklahoma and, uh, Nebraska, uh, Kansas, and then, uh, into Illinois and all the way up to the Chicago, uh, the stockyards, the back yeah. of the yards, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hear the smell used to be just delightful. Not a fan of that smell. But it's not as bad as pig farms. Ah, true. That's the worst possible smell. I prefer the steaks once they're cooked. That smell is a little better. Yeah, well, or even when they're butchered. I mean, it's the the, the smell is really of the intestines, not of the uh, meat itself, obviously. The smell of death in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember in the, in the St. Paul stockyards, uh, which were all closed in the, uh, by the eighties. Um, but even just going there, there's a certain smell of death. Yeah. Not pleasant. No. Cause these were humongous facilities, like, you know, a square mile of pens getting the uh, animals ready for a slaughter. Now the real question is, have the ponchos been replenished at Amazon? 
So they've been shipped to Amazon, but they're still showing as not in stock. So they, they haven't gotten them set up yet. They rejected my review. So I have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why they reject reviews from people that actually purchased in the store. Yeah. That's that's crazy because they are now so worried about mm-hmm. the fake reviews, even though they they have let some doozies through. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just a question if you find a moderator that knows what they're doing or not or doesn't care that day. I just don't Who understand gives a shit. If you bought the product, you got to be able to leave a review, even if it's goofy. Yeah. And then you could mark it as goofy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people love that stuff. The, the, the funny reviews always get all the thumbs up. And that used to be a thing when they would rate. I don't even, I looked the other day. I can't even tell if there is a top Amazon reviewer list anymore, where there used to be a list and you mm-hmm. could go see who the top reviewers were. Mm-hmm. I think that's gone now. I think they're hiding that there. I don't see a number mm-hmm. on my profile anymore, which used to show, Hey, your reviewer number, whatever. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because once you start rating or ranking the reviewers, that's where all the companies go. Hey, we want to send those people free stuff. Mm -hmm. And I still get emails daily and I haven't done a review in probably six years. I I just think Amazon's got such a simple mechanism for that, which is to only allow people to review products they bought on Amazon. I understand why they want to open that up a little bit. I don't. But it for for newer products, I can kind of get it. I mean, no. I was impressed that Amazon did email yesterday already with the, mm-hmm. hey, you've bought that Kosari air fryer. It's been recalled. Yeah. Even though I bought it, you know, four years ago. So I was happy that they're. Uh, yeah. That they have that ability. I mean, that's good. I checked mine is not in that list. So, yeah, you know, I have one. Good. My mother-in-law has one. And my mother has one. So we're going to be getting so, three new air fryers, baby. Yeah. What you may want to do for yours, at least, is to sell it on eBay or something and pick up the one that I've got. See if you like that better. Well, I like the one we've been using. I know, but it's your opportunity because you're going to have a new one, which means that you can get close to full price for it if you sell it. And because, uh, you, you know, you're not going to get anywhere near that selling a used one. No, uh, I I did think it was interesting their their system for doing the recall because they do not rightfully require you to have a receipt because people do mm-hmm. get these things as gifts or maybe it sure. threw the receipt away because the yeah. the warranty was over. But their system is well, we want you to write out your serial number, which is like a fifteen digit number, whatever it yep. is, yep, on a piece of paper. Then put it in front of the unit, take a picture, put it behind the unit, take a picture, put it on the underside of the unit, take a picture. They they want three pictures. Interesting. And well, because I'm, I'm thinking about this, it's like, well, this would make sense because you can find photos of this unit everywhere. And we all know what Photoshop and deep fakes can do now. So how many mm-hmm. people could try to get a free air fryer? Because all you need is a valid serial number. Hmm. And I don't know how hard it would be to guess what a valid serial number would be. Not that really I'm recommending easy. anybody commit fraud, but since you don't need so a receipt, so you're not suggesting I get a free air fryer. Right. I'm not suggesting okay. that. Now you can use the knowledge to do whatever you want uh-huh. by going to recall.cosari.com or whatever uh-huh. it is, 
where they ask for the photos and it's like obviously what's photos, the issue is it overheat or there is a piece in it that can cause overheating and fires they say there mm-hmm. have been 200 reports over 2 million units so it's not not much okay it's not much although they're going through the hassle of re- now, replacing when you them all. use this thing do you keep it on a counter with crap on top of it or do you put it on your island in your kitchen with nothing above it i don't have an island so there are cabinets oh. right above oh, okay yeah. So you'd have to be careful with that yeah, yeah. when using it. Although we have used it almost daily for the four years we've had it. And I figured if it was going to go up in flames, it probably would have. Mm. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But well, I was turn it on and leave it on for like five hours and see if it catches fire. Right. See what happened. You might want to do that outside. Maybe. But I mean, I've run it at the highest level, which for ours is only 400 degrees. Right. And I've done that for See, this 45 is what I like minutes. about the one I got because it it's really hotter. makes doing the the meat uh, just searing in the flavor really good. I like to yeah, sear my it, meat. Five, 525 or 550, something like that. Now, the intriguing thing about the photographs for the Kosari was the photograph and it didn't say all of them. So I, I just only did this in one. Mm-hmm. They want to see that you've cut the cord oh interesting so they want a proof of destruction correct although photoshop allegedly would make that very easy yeah that's not hard to do to make it look like you cut the cord yeah and then continue using it because my Wait, are, real, they, are they selling scissors that you should use for cutting metal they should right you yeah. know just cut the cord and uh and i'm a like cord cutter i'm a cord cutter it's not very hard to you know to be fair it's not very hard to repair a cord that's been cut. Sure. So there's that. I don't know what this is proving, except it's probably removing their liability. Exactly. Exactly. So if you go and put that cord back on, you're like, hey, I didn't know. I burned my mm-hmm. house down. Yeah. And they're like, no, that serial number, you proved that you had cut the cord. Yep. So we're not responsible if your house burns down. So you reattach the cord and then drop it off at the Goodwill. Right. Or in my case, you don't actually cut the cord because that wouldn't allow you to use the unit before. My question is how long it's going to take them to ship a new unit. Oh, probably a while, I would think. Right. Because people that normally do cook, they will do so multiple times a week. So, yeah. How long long am I going to be without my cooker, man? Yeah. You got to get these things out. I mean, one good that they're doing it, but yeah. It's going to be interesting to follow that. And I still have to get rid of my old one. I keep forgetting to throw it away. And I'm just saying it's it's going to be interesting to see how many people, because right now it's, we're going to see if it takes over a day for it to be in the review process. Cause they're obviously, mm-hmm. they get the information. They look at the photographs and I'm just wondering how many people are going to try to get a free air fryer by guessing mm-hmm. a serial number. Cause I don't know, do companies, when you put out serial numbers, is there any reason to play the game? where they're just not sequential. No, they're more often than not. They're sequential. So all you got to do is find a photo of a serial number online and then add some random digits. And then they'll probably be a legit number. Yeah. And if you're the first one to claim that unit, you probably are in good shape. Mm -hmm. You could get a thousand free air fryers. The more interesting thing was there was a third party that has verified that the piece at question has been fixed and upgraded and that's no longer a problem with the new air fryer mm-hmm. 
guess people don't want to burn their house down when they're making food. I don't know. So my guess is that piece is probably like the clamp that attaches the cord to the unit. It's possible. Because that's the most likely location of a fire. If that piece breaks and overheats, because it, yeah, if, if it overheats or dries out, you know, they use the wrong type of plastic. They, they use Bakelite instead of something else. Um, then, then the cord will not be attached. And so it's more likely to every time you unplug or plug the unit in, there's a more pressure on the cord and it'll slide out and then create a short. The short will then melt plastic and catch the unit on fire, which will burn down the kitchen and your whole house. That's how you uh, Sherlock Holmes this shit. And then that's a bummer. Omega Project says, my kids used to get hungry every damn day. It's like, do they still not get hungry every day? Mm, Yeah, that's too bad. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know. Damn kids. But that'll be interesting. I mean, can't you just like, you know, put them in front of a iPhone or something and then they won't complain about hunger? Like most parents do, right? Here, no, have a phone, kids. (laughs) Have a kid. No, it's fine. It'll be cool. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Don't worry about your body image. Don't worry about all the predators. It's okay. No, no, no. If your kids are hungry, you give them a phone with pictures of, of burgers like, on it. Hot models. No, because they should know that they, they're way too fat. Oh, that's right. You want to train yeah. them. That's why you think I would give them a phone. And of course you would just turn the Wi-Fi off so they can't access the internet. They can only access GeneNet, the local network. GeneNet. Yeah not good for anybody man the, the local network is is generally not pg rated so so you don't want to give that good. to your kids no you definitely don't want to give that to your kids interesting just no, look I've, I've i've had to explain that to people when they you know they come over or something and it's like your house yeah, is not you, kid friendly it's not can you believe it with a uh 20 foot snake my house is not kid friendly you're amazing so your your 20 foot snake i mean how i mean it could probably kill you but what age it would you be like kill that, me people always say that that's not a good well it depends we have an understanding I'm, if i'm thinking the snake would have to outsmart you first that shouldn't be that hard right so it's like there you go the snake yeah like, it just needs to make me trip and fall and then hit my head on the floor and then it's got all the time that it needs to eat me the snake is like giving you some roofies roofies or something like that <laughs> yeah the snake <laughs> give me you know there is, that would be a good television show uh-huh. right uh-huh. Or at least a comic that somebody could draw up. That would be kind yeah. of funny. Now, the biggest thing the snake gives is large poops. But if you brought in like a five-year-old, I mean, is the snake going to even care? Mm, I mean, five-year-old might be doable for the snake, but you know, it's still, it's so in the wild, uh, where these snakes are from, it's natural food source of, of the adult size reticulated Python or monkeys. Oh, so right about so, a five-year-old, they'd be like, ooh, dinner. So not, you know, not humans, just monkeys. So you can see while humans are not the proper food source, monkeys would be. Right. That would be kind of like the difference, though, of eating the fake meat and you know mm-hmm. the, the real burger. Mm-hmm. Snake's mm-hmm. like close enough. Close yeah. enough. I mean, it probably wouldn't complain, but, but anything under a five-year-old probably would be a very tasty snack. For the snake. Now, this is interesting yeah. news. The Daily Mail, which I know, not exactly the height of uh, journalism, reporting a new study. Where is this out of? From Stanford University. Mm-hmm. Smoking cannabis daily, a third more likely to develop heart disease. 
I don't think that's true. Well, the people at Stanford. Yeah, they're not correct. I, uh, I'm also I wondering the difference the between myself, smoking and, uh, you know, so is it the cannabis or is it just strictly no, the, the, no, the no, inhaling that I can tell you exactly what it is. It's, it's the lethargy. It's the lack of physical activity that comes along with people that are smoking a bunch of pot. They're not going out and running a marathon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do know, I guess I know one guy that smokes pot that did run a marathon. Um, but, uh, here, let me adjust the chase lounge a little bit. There we go. Uh, but, um, yeah, you got to look at the, the co-symptoms here. Like there, there's a certain type of person that would both enjoy marijuana and a lack of exercise. You mean gamers? Well, not necessarily gamers, but just people <laughs> that are spending you know, a lot of YouTubers. I know. Yeah. Uh, people that are spending a lot of time in front of computer screens and smoke pot and don't get out much would probably all have an increased risk of heart related disease. And that what you're saying makes sense because it also says it didn't matter whether the drug was smoked, taken as part of edibles or other uh-huh. methods. Yep. So it's just the, hey, I don't want to go out. I'm just going to yeah. sit here. See, what I just did is called a meta study. Ooh. That's what <laughs> yes, people I, come I to. analyzed data. Somebody form. else gathered and said they were wrong. Here, let me explain it to you. Well, their data says that it's still a higher risk. But this is where we have a lot of intriguing things coming out. Because I've seen multiple <clears throat> excuse me, studies now which are mm-hmm. claiming And I don't even know how you do this, and I don't necessarily believe them. Mm -hmm. But there are studies that are coming out of uh, otherwise respected sources saying that, well, the people that have been vaccinated against COVID are having less heart and stroke issues than the people that weren't. And I don't even know how you separate those groups at this point. Yeah, that that that's a politically motivated study. Well, it, it could obviously be, which is why it should be questioned. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So the way that you build a study like that is you start with the end goal in mind, and you say, of all the people that have had these issues, that have had heart-related issues, uh, when they had that heart-related issue, were they vaccinated at the time or not? And you include samples from before COVID was existed into that and you come up with the answer that clearly people that were never vaccinated had way more heart issues than people that were vaccinated because the vaccination started after you started collecting the data right this isn't it says for you can do anything you want with a study it's really it's really easy stuff i i would lie with, with statistics companies yeah exactly I I had a client that was in the business of doing medical studies or really not so much doing them, but taking the data and cranking out uh, findings from it. That was their company did. And so I learned quite a bit about that whole process. It says that marijuana, third most commonly used drug in the United States behind alcohol and tobacco. And I'm, I'm curious about that because I would think marijuana yeah, at this caffeine, point. Caffeine, I would think, would be my, much higher usage than both of those. I guess they don't include caffeine for some reason. Caffeine is a very addictive drug. And also very bad for your heart if taken in uh, in the quantities especially. Of, but ironically, it's good for weight loss. So, Well, yes. 
Well, and there's, <laughs> I've talked to my cardiologist about this because I'm like, well, oh, yeah, you're dead yet. We forgot to check. I am not dead yet. Okay. The, uh, the drug seems to be working. So the, hmm. the extra heartbeats have disappeared at least, you know, and again, what was this one? Let me look it up real quick while we're talking. What's the drug called? The drug is called flecainide, hmm. which is a fun little drug. But is that the brand name? I would assume it is. There's another name that it gets sold under as well, like Topa something or other. But it's F L E C, Lecanide, and uh, the caffeine. The cardiologist is like, no. I mean, a, f- a few cups of coffee a day, mm. not a big deal. I think where you get into trouble with the caffeine are the people that are like slamming Red Bulls, like having ten a day or more. And some people do. I don't know how their heart doesn't explode. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know where that comes in. And I would also think that tobacco use has been on the decline over the last decade where marijuana use is way up. I mean, how many mm-hmm. people it says uh, 48 million smoke cannabis at least once a year. How many people are smoking uh, tobacco now? I think it's mostly just uh, Zoomers. Are still doing tobacco. I don't think there's any Gen Xers that smoke um, cigarettes. Uh, there might be a few millennials. There might be a few, um, you know, presidential candidate types that are in their 80s. But for the most part, I think the only people I've seen smoking are are the, uh, you know, 20 year olds. Now this says, uh, who is this? Who is this? The CDC. Oh, they're always right. That in 2020, they estimate 30.8 million adults in the United States smoke cigarettes. And I don't know how often that means, but we just, you know, that was like 50 million people smoke pot. So I don't know how you, you sure uh, you want to be taking this stuff. Cause one of the side effects is vision problems. Yeah. Well, I understand where, uh, okay. where it all comes from. Mm-hmm. It's a fun little drug. It's like black, black box. Got to be careful. And he, he said, you know, it's the smallest dose possible, which for a guy that's my milligrams. size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for now, and uh, my guess is what I'd like to do is since it seems to have cleared this up would be to remove that from the equation and see if it comes back. Yeah. So you can't do beta blockers when you take it. There is a, uh, yeah, I'm on a calcium blocker and something else. It's lots of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But I did have the root canal redo done on uh, Wednesday. Oh. oh, okay. And that was quicker than I expected. Hmm. Under an hour. It was a little sore the next day, but like mm-hmm. today, it's pretty much back to, uh, to normal and i go back in a couple of weeks where they'll finish it off he's like yeah there's a lot of bacteria in here we'd rather uh we gotta fill it with some antibiotic juice yep and then let that sit in there for a couple of weeks and then remove that so you don't have uh you don't have the fun stuff come back right but at least that was easier than expected i'm like well how hard is that gonna be to uh that's good to redo that so i guess for those who uh have that recommendation to do a retreat on a root canal it seemed way easier than the original root canal Hmm. whether or not everybody will have the same experience i don't know so the first root canal just wasn't done well or what 
this one, I guess, was, uh, and it was the second to the last tooth mm-hmm. on the upper side. So, I mean, yep. it wasn't the furthest back molar. It was the next mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. And the entodontist said, for whatever reason, and yeah. within like the last 10 years, they have learned that I don't know if this is everybody or just some people that there is a little extra bit of the nerve that mm-hmm. has often been missed in the past. Mm. And that seems to be what happened here where there was a bit of the nerve, which was higher up that mm. the dentist didn't catch. And if you mm. leave a little bit of a nerve, I guess, when you do a root canal, it's eventually going to go really badly. Well, a bacteria eat it. Yes. Yeah. Then that then, bacteria stays. But you in, shouldn't have bacteria in there. That's the issue. Well, right. Which is also part, I guess, of the root canal not being done in a hundred percent. How long ago was the root canal done? The first one. It was probably about seven year, years ago, eight years ago. Oh. Hmm. So when they did the x-rays, they saw a little bit there of the, uh, of the infection. And I don't know how they can tell. I'm guessing they've got little meters on everything. Because once he got to, you know, into there and that point, he was like, oh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of bacteria. Well, you could see it. What's it look like? Something fun, I'm sure. Kind of kind of like a grayish ooze. Oozing out of your teeth. It's like, so I'm glad I didn't see that part. You can usually smell it. Yeah. Uh, see, I, they have the big, you know, they got the dam in and all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. And the other stuff that was going on. But he did a good job. Didn't feel a damn thing. And it was. Whatever he gave me, it's like I told him I was on the fleckenide because the fleckenide, the things they mm-hmm. give you are like any dentist, any doctor, any nurse, anybody you're dealing with, let them know you're on this stuff, which lets me know mm-hmm. it's not something I would like to be on super long term. Well, I mean, it's yeah, you like I don't know that you can do a uh, general anesthetic with fleckenide because your heart will stop. That would be a bad thing. Yeah. So, yes, it's uh it's a pain in the but, ass. But if you did a little Coke right before <laughs> going on general anesthetic, you'd be totally fine. Be, not medical advice. No. Yeah, dude. Please do not take medical advice from the unrelenting podcast. No, no. But we just know how to balance these things right out. So everything works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're not medical professionals, but we will play one on the Internet. Well, we're we're not medical professionals, but we're sick enough that we've had to read all the different medical information for the drugs that we take ourselves, which right. probably means we know more than most doctors. Yeah, we've come across things. Like I said, I or maybe I did. When I talked to the cardiologist and I'm like, yeah, I was reading a study from uh, Cedars that talked about if you take over a mm-hmm. gram of the fish oil, it causes you know a more yep. prevalence of AFib. And he's like, really? And I noticed he put that in the notes of my visit. So I'm wondering if right. he wanted to go he's look that up. That to the next guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's going to go look that one up and be like, wow, wait, that's uh-huh. right. I have had, I, I, I like my doctor. I, I've been with the same guy for a decade uh, that I've been in Austin. And uh, I like, because after like the first year we got an understanding going, which is that <laughs> I do the research. I find out what drugs that I need to take. And then I tell him, and then he does the script for it. Um, now, I'm sure he's not going to write a script for something that I just want to try for fun. But he's he, like, I need the really extra strong Viagra. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you know, he's written out a script for Viagra for me because I wanted to try it. Um, don't need it. Not at all. Ladies don't need that stuff. Does not 
not requirement at all. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I heard through the grapevine that it could actually be a fun little uh, drug for when you're engaging in certain sexual activities. Gene's and, like, no, I heard this really helps lower your blood pressure. So, I mean, and I'm it looking. does lower your blood pressure. That's <laughs> absolutely correct. Yeah. And he had to, when he was writing the script out for Viagra, uh, he had to, you know, remind me that, uh, you know, make sure that like you're not overdoing this Viagra stuff when you're taking your blood lowering medicine, blood pressure meds. Um, and Unless you, you really want to just die in the saddle. If you're going to go for a four-day orgy, don't take the blood pressure <laughs> meds for those four days. See, I want to see that. Uh, no, the, you, you the really medication don't. Bottle. Me. No, oh, I don't want right. to see the no, orgy. No, the no, no. Orgy. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure you don't. <laughs> I just want to see that on the bottle. If you're going to go for a no, four-day no, orgy, that's, please. That's something the doctor has to tell you verbally while having a smirk <laughs> on his face. Uh, not Well, it's just like the, the, the air fryer people. He's just covering the ass. Like, I have to tell you this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, and I mean, he said, um, I said, this stuff's really expensive, so I'll write you a script for it, but just keep in mind this, this is not like, if you don't need it, if you just want it for fun, uh, this is a expensive drug to be having fun with. And he's not kidding is, uh, that stuff is pretty pricey if you get there and it's not Viagra. I think it was, what is it? Uh, started with a C Russian uh, Viagra. No, that's so such a thing. Uh, Cialis, I believe. Ah, yeah. yeah, Cialis is the good stuff. The Viagra was the first in that type of uh, drug, and Viagra. Um, well, we all know the history of Viagra. It was developed as a uh, blood pressure lowering yes drug with very and, weird side effects yeah and it, it worked okay <laughs> it wasn't great at lowering blood pressure but everyone seemed to be walking around with hard-ons all day long they seemed happier so they they remarketed it and, and the happier uh, you are the more your blood pressure goes down it's odd mm-hmm. yeah so it just kind of shifted the blood pressure from your part of one part of your body to a different part of your body if you're uh, experiencing an erection that lasts for over it, four it hours it does the same thing in women has the same effect yeah yeah it it shifts where the blood goes so it's like a traffic cop kind of yeah it's a, it it changes the prioritization of uh what parts of your body um you know have an increase in blood pressure and what parts have a decrease in blood pressure where else can you get this kind of information i'm asking not you. not medical information that's no. for sure no but as we said no. If you're experiencing an erection yeah. that lasts for over four hours, please, please call your doctor. Four hours. Right. Well, dude, that's not even enough for one orgy. It's like, I'm not even getting, no, 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 getting no, no. warmed up this yet. This is why you do Cialis instead of Viagra. Viagra is about two to four hours. Cialis is 12 to 14 hours. So Viagra, you're really watching that clock. You're like, damn. Yeah, Viagra is like, if you take your Viagra, like, you know, before you're literally physically in bed if you take it at the beginning of your date <laughs> yeah you don't want to do it at dinner you're gonna be yeah you're you're gonna be uh, bumping into the table uh at dinner and then uh nothing after that timing so, is everything whereas with the cialis uh you pop that thing anytime during that day and you're good to go until past midnight you pop that thing this. yeah mm-hmm. 84 people right now listening live to this are wondering what they have signed up for yeah. And it's unrelenting.show. That's what you've signed up for. Yeah, Tell your friends about definitely. it. 
review the show. Nobody has donated to the show this week, so I understand that. They were well, with so the offended. Sexist commentary coming from you, I'm not I surprised. Know. They were so offended by the sexist content in the last show. Mm-hmm. Although more of them are showing up to listen now, so it shows you what they really mm-hmm. like. I know what you guys like. I know what you're here to hear. You're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, Bill no. O'Reilly is what they like. Karen and Gene said something really horrible, but I'm going to come and listen more because yeah. I kind of like it. It kind of so makes I was me watching feel good. your girl. My girl? Yeah. Taylor? Yeah. Oh, Taylor Swift. I'd watch her anytime. Girl? That's true. Very yeah. true. She's, kind of, she's a little feministy, isn't she? It's a, it's a short list. Yeah, I don't mind. She's, it'll work mm. right through. She's 33. I mean, it's going to work right through. You think? Yeah. She'll be I think a, the older she gets, the more feminist. No, no. I, I'd say by gets. 40, she's a dyed-in-the-wool Republican again. You think? I do. That's my mm. guess. I've said it multiple times. People can tell me I'm gonna wrong. she's going to be a bitter old single woman? No. I don't because she's got a billion dollars. So why be bitter? Even if you don't find the right guy, he got a billion dollars out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Billion dollars. Look at the Hillary Clinton's of the world. No, no, no. Because she's a, she's a a crazy lesbian. So it's different. And Taylor isn't. No, I don't believe so. I mean, by maybe, I don't know. Do you have proof? No. Mm. I mean, I wish I did because I mean, that's the kind of proof I I would like. (laughs) I'd like to see that proof. Yeah. I would like to, uh, I mean, personally, I would like to get proof, not uh, I don't want to witness said proof. I would rather just I get wouldn't mind the, witnessing it. You know, the first hand proof would be the best way to go. The first hand yeah, proof. First hand proof. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, in not w- both hands. Right. Well, but was just one know, depends what the other one's doing at the time. It's mm-hmm. all it's all questionable. This is, again, is yeah. not medical or personal advice. I will say that. Um, like. Actually, as a guy watching lesbian sex is just more funny than anything else. She's like, this is the, this is, you know, what the tonight show used to be. This is great stuff. This is right here. Yeah. The dialogue is the best. You know, tonight show back in the Carson days had plenty, plenty of dark humor going on. Oh, totally. A lot of innuendos. Get guys like body, buddy Hackett on there. It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and even Letterman Mm -hmm. was a different time because him and O'Reilly had a pretty good relationship. Mm. They disagreed politically, but O'Reilly still, when it's Letterman's birthday or if it's like, you know, that, you know, that show started or went off the air X amount of years ago, he shows clips Mm. over the years of him and David Letterman. And Mm. they were able to, even though they were diametrically NBC. He was, well, he worked in a lot of different places. By the time he was on Letterman, he was mainly on Fox, but he would go on mm. because he, he was always writing a book as he is now. Mm-hmm. And Letterman would have him on. I think Letterman enjoyed the sparring, you know, making fun of him, that the ability when somebody's right there, Letterman mm-hmm. thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. O'Reilly thinks they're the smartest guy in the room. And as long as they don't tear each other's throats out, it yeah. makes for an interesting podcast well, or they, they television both like show. young women. So. Well, who doesn't that, that we would, we would work well with Letterman and O'Reilly. I would work better with young women, but you know, <laughs> no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get any work done at all. I get plenty of work done. What are you talking about? I, I can multitask. Yeah. So says you, the women are like, nah, mm-hmm. no, I no, don't think you can see Alice, baby. See Alice. <laughs> She's like, I'm writing a dissertation right now. God, where, where how, how did this podcast, a serious podcast turn into this man? Wait, when was this a serious podcast is the real question. 
Was it? Was it serious? I don't think it was ever that serious. A lot serious. more serious than it is today. Well, this is what the beauty of a completely unscripted podcast is, and that's yeah. what unrelenting is. And we've talked about this both on and off the show mm. where we could give it a direction. And it's like, and it would probably help with the ratings, you know, with how many people listen and how many people, money coming in and with that possibly, although I'm with John C. Dvorak German factor. If you heard yesterday's have. no agenda, the newsletters mm-hmm. for uh, no agenda go out before every show. And mm-hmm. they're always saying, Hey, donate, 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 mm-hmm. which makes sense. Cause you have to remind people. That's why I don't get their newsletter. I, I realized that on the second one he ever sent and I, I said, John, I don't need the advertising here. A lot of people responded this week with, hey, we're broke. And I believe that because mm. it's what we have said from day one of this I Biden know, inflation. This is this is why I think live streaming works because uh, in, in our fun live streams where not only do I get to pretend Order your to be food. Jerry. Right. But it's also generating a few hundred bucks an hour. The uh, concept, though, is we could have a show that is 100% politics. We could have a show that's 100%, you know, 80s culture. We could do a show about a variety of different topics, but that has Mm -hmm. never really seemed to be the direction we wanted to go in. And maybe that is just selfish for us, but it's like, uh, I like having a show with the shows that I do now planet rage it's very Mm -hmm. you know simplistic what we're going to do there is a there is a shtick to it we know we're going to find some clips of somebody that's either pissed off or we're going to be pissed off about something somebody said and it's Mm -hmm. a cathartic experience with grumpy old bens it was always more sticking to the tech stuff sure we added a little bit of politics in Mm -hmm. this show knowing that you don't need to really have any special preparation for it and it show up and see what the conversation turns Boy, into. is it obvious to everyone that that's the case maybe it may be yeah but i no, think here's people the like thing. that this show genuinely started by darren and i talking on the phone and saying why aren't why aren't we doing a podcast this like literally our sitting here and yammering for an hour is a podcast and our conversations um, are so good people should really have to listen to them yeah and that's that that was you know it seemed like kind of natural to be able to do that and and then just miraculously uh, you broke up with um what's his face the old what's his face the old what's his face exactly you know and uh, then then russia invaded ukraine and everybody wanted and then, to yeah. turn to a russia yeah, exactly exactly so it, it like timing just seemed to work out good for this becoming a podcast and and th- yeah talk about serious so back back a year ago uh when the special military operation started, I did that sort of rundown of the history of Ukraine on this show, not on my own show on this show. And that was, um, I think very, very, uh, well, I mean, it was good. People I think enjoyed it getting a totally different perspective than what the news was saying, but also, um, that was about as serious as we got <laughs> for the yes. rest of the year on this show. But it's like being too serious is no fun. And we also understood when it came to boots on the ground Mm -hmm. in Russia or Ukraine that one, we were probably more accurate than the mainstream media, but we also Mm -hmm. knew that it was very possible that 
the stats and the news coming out of that area was bullshit. Yeah. And we've always said that we can't confirm 99% of it. No. So anybody that's claiming to be able to be like, well, we can tell you with 100% certainty. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you can't. I mean, the story I remember of the, uh, the missile that went into Russia where it was like, Oh, obviously it was a Russian missile. And it was like, Nope, Mm -hmm. Nope. Turned out it was a Ukrainian misfire. Oops. Mm -hmm. And this is why you have to question everything, especially in the deep fake technology. I do agree. You got mentioned on the no agenda show yesterday because Adam Curry again was talking about listening at podcasts faster than Mm 1.0. And he was like, my buddy Gene, he's telling people to listen at faster. (laughs) Yep. And his concept was, and I think he's right on this. Mm-hmm. When you're listening at anything faster than one X, mm-hmm. you have a much greater chance of missing a deep fake now because the deep fakes are getting so good that there are some of the deep fakes at this point, which are so good. You're never going to catch it at any speed, but there are yeah. some that are off just a little bit. And mm-hmm. if you listen at 1.25 or 1.5 or God forbid two or faster, Mm-hmm. you're totally going to miss it out and i think he was right the podfather was in saying that listening at a faster speed has trained people's brains to expect things to sound like that so they're going to miss even listening at the one time a bad deep fake might get by those people because they're used to hearing those weird audio at, uh, abnormalities in listening at faster than 1.0 speed yeah i disagree with that i'm I, sure I think- you do First of all, you can tell a deep fake just as easily or just as hard at higher speeds as at normal speed. There's nothing magic about deep fakes that makes them sound uh, worse at normal speed, but better at high speed. That doesn't make any sense. Well, there is because there's a little bit of the audio. It's not glitches, but you know, when you listen at a faster speed, yeah, there is that weird pumping effect or whatever you want to call it no no there is there's something Mm -hmm. there no that's because you're using bad software that could be the listen the way that you speed up a podcast that is just somebody talking or i mean you could speed up i guess music you smoke a lot of pot and then it seems like they're talking really fast going to sound all that great but uh the way that you do it is by essentially resampling the audio through digital method and then um, playing that back at a higher speed. So you're, you're certainly making adjustments digitally in real time when you do that. And it is a corruption of the audio, but here's the piece that makes what Adam said, not be true. You <sighs> don't need to do that for deep fake. You can literally record that sound already accelerated. So you don't take and sample the deep fake uh, sound clip and then compress it into a higher speed audio clip the way that you would a normal podcast. So a real voice on a podcast actually goes through a lot more digital manipulation to make it be faster, but still keep the pitch the same than a deep fake because the deep fake can literally be recorded at a faster speed at the proper pitch with nothing necessary to be done to it. No, I agree. I think it's just that if the deep fake isn't 100% accurate as to the voice Mm -hmm. with the speeding up in most podcast players, and you may be using one that's better than most, but that Mm -hmm. re 
rejiggering of the handle that it's using to speed it up and try to mm-hmm. keep it at the same sound. It yeah. does have a weird little artifact to it. Now, I'd like to be the Jerry Springer between you two fighting this one out. The Podfather <laughs> and the Russian apologist going head to head. So the, the Podfather uh, will will claim that he can hear things better and he's got better ears, even though um, they're they're cyborg ears. He's well, see, using that's how they're cyborg better. technology uh-huh. to enhance his hearing. So he's he's, he's juicing. He's enhancing. He's totally enhancing. That's absolutely right. Uh, but I think that the the fake voice, right? The all the different. There's a multitude of programs right now that can create those uh, fakes, and I've used probably four of them. So, which is the best? And there, there's probably way more than four. They're they're meant for different things, and they have different price models. So, best by price, best by sound, best by best quality by is like this. Is sounds as good as it possibly yeah. can. Um, I think the, the one that sounds the best is, um, what the hell is it called? Let me look it up. Uh, there's like voice AI, 11 labs. Uh, um, of course, Descript does their own bit as well. Yeah. And it, the Descript is not the best. Their, their tech is quite a bit older, uh, at this point. Uh, so 11 labs, I believe, yeah, 11 labs is the one I pay for. So 11 and labs is the one that I did your voice in. And that is probably the best sounding right now, uh, without getting into knowing anything about programming. Right. You can do, cause it's, it's sitting on top of open AI. So you can actually, uh, if you want to dig in and actually do some programming, you can actually tweak these things to be, more accurate to what you're going for. But the, the thing that voice that voice lab, which is by 11 labs has built in with just their normal user interface is they have a setting called stability. And what stability does is it determines the variance in speech patterns and pitch of the, the fake voice. Uh, this is why a lot of, um, previous generation text-to-speech programs all sounded very obviously fake. Right. Because every single word was pronounced the exact same way every time that it was pronounced with no difference at all in the speed or the pitch of that pronunciation. Right. Every time the word came up, it sounded exactly the same. Right. Which is what I like this sentence. Yes, it's all the same way. Very monotonous. What this stability setting does is it lets you either add or or remove the randomness variances uh, that happen in speech, but they're not quite random. They're based on certain words. Like there are certain words that lend themselves well, like the word well to being stretched out like that. You you hear how they're more excitable words. Yeah. They're, they're words basically that, that you can, I don't want to call it singing, but you can stretch that last sound a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's just like when somebody brings something up and you're like, well, exactly. So that's one. The other one is a pitch shift, which is when, if you want to really enunciate a certain thing, uh, you want to highlight it verbally, you may do a pitch shift so that it's distinct from other words. If you do too much of it, you're going to start sounding like Christopher Walken. You don't want to go overboard and do that. You don't want to sound like Christopher Walken. 
Exactly. So that was pretty bad, but I, know. I think I haven't heard Christopher Walken in a while. Uh, need Let to rewatch tell uh, you. one of those movies that he was in. Yeah, he was always good. He was always fun. Now they only yeah. give you like a certain yeah. amount of words they say when this you're, is why you this is why I pay for it because I think right. I pay for a hundred thousand words a month. And now if you wanted to do a whole audio book, yeah, and you want to make just changes to little bits here and there, how do they do the hundred? Is it like would you get a preview and then you get a chance to render the whole thing? I mean, how do you know? Oh, no. You, you're, you're paying basically for machine time. Yeah, which is kind of the problem if it's yeah. not right. And you're like, well, I yeah. rendered the whole book, but it wasn't done properly. So how do you oh, yeah. make it, sure it's, it's going to be done you. to your liking? You, you subscribe, you pay for more. You just keep I mean, asking there, for more. Nothing. I got yeah, you. you. just pay for more. So, As you should here on Unrelenting. You should I, don't pay remember, for more. I don't remember how much I paid for this thing, but I think it was like 20 bucks or less or like 100,000 words, something like that. They're fun to play around with. It's much better technology than it used to be. It's way better. And I've been a fan of, like I literally, I mentioned this to Adam, in fact, that my first foray into computer speech was actually in 1987 when I wrote a program that did computer speech on the Mac. Nice. Um, Yeah. I think it would be a great idea to do a YouTube channel, like little five, 10 minute blobs of news and using that technology to read it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that way you don't literally has been done now for several years by a whole bunch of Chinese and Indian I know, people. But it's getting better and better, man. It is. And in fact, I have different UI software that will generate the video portion based on what you're talking about automatically as well. So oh, that's wild. If you want to just type in some stuff or copy and paste some stuff that somebody else actually said. Yeah, I want to try that. That'll be fun. And then generate the video that's totally doable and then start earning you know, video views on YouTube. I hate those videos. I think they suck. I always point out in comments when stuff is AI generated in videos and discourage people from subscribing, but they still get tons of subs. <laughs> hey, and we people will don't understand when they're consuming fake news. Hey, we'll guarantee you right here, right now, what you hear on unrelenting, unrelenting.show will never be AI. Well, it will be as soon as Darren's dead because I'll keep doing the show with an AI voice. But for the time being, yeah. For the time being, we're going to have it live. Yeah. Until I'm dead. Thanks. Yeah. And that's nice to know. At least it'll carry on and that'll be my legacy. That's right. Your legacy will be fully controlled by me. It's perfect. I can only imagine. I would like to say I'd care, but I'll be dead. That's right.